Well, welcome to Katie Squared, Keep Talking, a podcast where two Katies get together weekly to discuss social, cultural, and spiritual issues. Hear from some of our real-life friends on ways they've tackled and overcome these issues with the help of Jesus. Dive deeper by joining in with our book of the month, then take what you hear back to your own people and keep talking about it. Welcome back to our last episode in the mini-series on what does it look like to follow Jesus, where we're going to recap some of our own thoughts and then bring in an expert, not physically, but by book. Lisa Whittle's Jesus Over Everything was our book of the month, which we selected to help us kind of dive a little deeper on the topic of how do we put faith in action and what does it actually look like to put Jesus over everything. So I'm going to dive in with the first chapter in the book, which stood out to me the most, and it was talking about what we put over Jesus. So Lisa Whittle goes on to talk about things getting complicated when we love ourselves more than we love God, and that Jesus does us the biggest favor when he puts a stop to the things secretly chipping away at us. Tough love comes in different forms. So I think I'm going to open up our discussion today talking about what has Jesus done a chipping away at in your own life. And as a listener, you can pause for a minute and think about that. In the book, Lisa talks about how she needed to recognize the stronghold that shopping had on her life and then poses the question, what's in your own life, you know, chipping away and what are you putting over God? So Katie, have you had any things lately that you could put a, a label on? Yeah, I mean, I think that quarantine has offered lots of Mm -hmm. (laughs) strange things, right? Who knew in 2020 this would be what we were talking about? But honestly, reading her story in the first chapter, of course, highly recommend you guys pick up the book and Mm -hmm. read it because it's, wow, it was just like a kind of hits you right in the face yes. in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And um, she she talks about shopping and how she went on a, a one-year shopping fast. Mm-hmm. And her friend, who's like this incredible stylist, um, comes over to try to help her like p- put some new outfits together. Mm-hmm. And she just said, wow, you have a lot of clothes. Not thinking anything of yeah. it. Like, it wasn't like a dig at her. It was just like a just an observation. Mm-hmm. And Lisa was um, talks about how she was like, it kind of hit her in that moment, like, oh, well, maybe mm-hmm. I maybe I do, and I've got a lot of things still have tags on them. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I have, like, a closet full of clothes that have tags on them. <laughs> um, but shopping has always been, I think, a lot of women mm-hmm. feel, maybe probably what I feel like, it does make you feel good. Yeah. And it is, I don't know, you feel like you're treating yourself mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. But it's not even for me, it's not even like buying things, Mm -hmm. it's pretending to buy things. Mm -hmm. And so I have so many open tabs on my phone, (laughs) and I call it pretend shopping. full shopping cart. Right, Mm -hmm. you know, and like I never really, I never proceed to check out. I have full carts, Mm -hmm. and it's always, it's kind of like an app running in the back of my head Mm -hmm. of these things that I'm thinking about, possibly wanting to spend my money on. And it's not even like, I, I, it's not even the act of actually buying them, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's like the thought of buying them. I don't know. It's just this weird thing. And so that for me was like, that's a problem yeah. because it's just sucking the energy out of my brain mm-hmm. in my life when there's no way I can say I don't have time to be in the word if mm-hmm. I have time to fill a shopping cart yeah. online. Because, well, you know, I have to scroll through <laughs> everything to f- make sure I've gotten everything that I could yes. possibly like. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, for me, that was it. Mm-hmm. I, I am praying about and considering a one-year shopping fast. Not, 
I'm not, I'm, it's not a, I'm not like being too. uber spiritual. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think that it could be something. I've done a fast from shopping before. Yeah. I did one last summer. I've never done something mm-hmm. like that for a year. Yeah. That would you be. Know, like only drink water for mm-hmm. a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I had a different example, not of how I spent my money, but of how I made my money. So when she was talking about things that got us to put a stop on that might not necessarily be sinful in nature, but we can make it a sin by putting it, you know, making it an idol. My job was that. And I, I came to the decision to leave my job before reading this book, but I think reading this book was affirmation for me that part of the process of stepping away from a 13-year career was because this was truly God's best for me. Hmm. So it's helped me not question that decision. But in the moment, I do remember this one kind of pivotal moment where I took a step back and thought, this doesn't feel right. So I was at a, um, a national conference, and I had just finished speaking, and I was walking down the hallway, and I'd been in my industry for a long time, so people started to know me, and, you know, I was just on this high, like, this was awesome, I just had a great speech, and people are asking me questions, and somebody from Harvard just asked me to help them start their program, and, like, all these things, and I'm walking, and I'm just like, man, this feels pretty good, and then I got back to my hotel room, and I was like, wait a minute, this is not... (laughs) this feels pretty good in this moment, but this isn't even what I want for my life. Hmm. Like, I don't want people to know me. I want, my favorite quote is from a casting crown songs. I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if people remember me, only Jesus. And I saw how dangerous it was in that moment that I was like really feeling this, like this high from the approval of man and the approval of people and getting caught up in this thought of like, gosh, I could really be somebody on this like national circuit level in my field And not because I was so great. I mean, I just, I had been in it a long time and, you know, you learn things over time. It's also okay to say that you were great because you you are. (laughs) I don't know. People might, people who worked with me might be like, hey, she wasn't that great. Um, But I, I did recognize in that moment that I had already been feeling God was calling me into something different, whether it was to be in my home or to step into some sort of ministry function, whether it was vocational or just on my own time. And so knowing that calling, I felt in that moment like this is a this is a stark contradiction to that. Mm. There's a number of ways I could have tackled that that didn't involve having to leave my job. So leaving my job came several months later as a result of a number of um, family things and, and being on the same page. I could have tackled that in my heart, like, Lord, you know, I recognize this. I recognize this is not from you to to feel so fulfilled in, you know, approval and praises of man, because if I've learned anything in my time on this earth, you can get those as fast as you can lose them. You can fall much faster than you rose, and um, you don't want to get too settled in that. But I think that the quote that stood out to me the most when I was reading through this was, admitting that something that isn't hurting us visibly is a sin is the hardest leap to make. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. while my if you looked at my job, it was thriving. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't hurting me. I was taking some time away from my family, but, but visibly it was fine. And there's people who maybe worked with me who are listening now and thinking like, I don't know why that would be sinful, but it's all, it goes back to what's in your heart. Same thing with your shopping carts. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with filling virtual (laughs) shopping carts with clothes that you don't intend to buy. But if we know in our heart that, that it's putting something over 
where our joy should be found, where our fulfillment should be found, our strength, then that thing is a sin. And I think in marriages, we could probably agree sometimes we put our spouses in those positions. And it doesn't mean you leave your marriage. It means you have to do some heart readjustment of how to reprioritize and reshift that. So I think if I was going to answer the question, what does it look like to follow Jesus based on using this resource, I would say that the defining answer was following Jesus is putting heat over me. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. diving into the areas in our life where we might not be doing such a good job at that. And I, I don't think you have to look too far because if that becomes your prayer, God starts to convict you of that. Absolutely. And he'll put a spotlight on it right away. Like, this is the thing. Social media. <laughs> <laughs> For most people. <laughs> you want some time back? Get off Facebook. Um, Amen to that. <laughs> So that was kind of my take, and it was early in the book. The rest of the book, like you said, it was great. It was very hard-hitting truth and in-your-face, but I think if I had to look back on what was a defining moment in my spiritual walk where I, I truly had to step out in faith and leave security of a job and an income and all of that, and then being a year on the other side, being able to look back and say, like, that was not a mistake, right. you know, like putting... Putting God above that was so much better than 13 years of that. So how about you? What stood out to you? Well, I wanted to start at the very end, if that's okay. Yeah. There's a manifesto. If you, if some of our listeners, if you've got the book, it's at the very end. And it kind of sums up the whole thing, in my opinion. So she says, Jesus over everything manifesto, real over pretty. When we want to look perfect, we fight to be our to be ourselves. And that was like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Love over judgment. When we feel judgment, we choose love. Holiness over freedom. When we could say yes, but it won't make us more like Jesus, we say no instead. And I think that, you know, has so much to do with mm-hmm. just the frenetic pace that we were running before yeah. before COVID-19 mm-hmm. struck our world. Service over spotlight. When we want attention, we flip up someone else, or we lift up, sorry, not flip up, we lift up <laughs> someone else. And I think so many times, you know, you, if you are on social media, you see all the things about um, lifting up other women. And just because there's another woman doing what you do mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't do what you're doing. It doesn't mean that she can't do it. It doesn't mean you can't support each other. Absolutely. Steady over hype. When the world tries to influence us, we continually go to the word. Honesty over hiding. When we want to lie, we out the secret to take away its power. We bring it into the light. Wisdom over knowledge. When we are tempted to rely on books or outside inspiration to be our best teacher, we ask God to make us wise and sit. I think you hit on that a little bit in our first episode about there's there's no replacement for your heart and mind going to the word mm-hmm. itself, mm-hmm. going to God himself. Commitment over mood. When we want to run, we stay. And mm-hmm. um, in that chapter, I loved a bit of it, so much of it, but she talks a little bit about just very basic, like a, a analogy of how, like when you commit to a, a workout program and you're just mm-hmm. not in the mood, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that I feel like that's my life a lot. Yeah. Like I really want to, but today I just don't feel like yeah. it. Yeah. But um, honoring that commitment because you made that commitment. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm gonna land though on love over judgment. That's really where I found my heart um, kind of being drawn to, especially mm-hmm. in our world a bit right now as we're really in, um, as the church, as we are for maybe the first time, um, responding to just the, the racism that's in our, 
in our world, yeah. in our community. Um, and it's not, it, it's not just America. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. everywhere. And, and it's not just now. If you want to go back to the Bible, I mean, it talks, like, we're talking about, you know, a group of people that were um, enslaved for, for 400 yeah. years seeking freedom. Mm-hmm. And so that those are the Israelites. Yeah. And so it just, uh, on so many different levels, not just that, but even on a personal level, I'm telling you, it'll just hit you in the face if you let it in the best way possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. If you let it. If you let operative. it. Yeah, that is an operative <laughs> word for it. But I, I do want to say, I mean, I'm sure Lisa Whittle is listening. Yeah. So, <laughs> totally. <Her> best friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, that just the way that she writes is so real. Like she talks about how music has been such like a big part of her journey. And mm-hmm. she talks about all the different types of me. I just loved it. Just, I felt like I, you're leading me to Jesus, but I got to know her at the same time. So yeah. it's really cool. But she talks about how love often comes from a place of safety and judgment comes from a place of fear. And our easiest reaction to something we fear is to judge it because judgment allows us to quickly dismiss it. No one likes the emotion of fear, so our goal when we experience it is typically to release it as soon as possible. Why we so often turn to judgment being the instant culture that we are because it does not require of us the way love does, but it also doesn't reward us as Mm -hmm. love does. We have a choice in these moments now and in in the near future that God is asking us to go back to his word and really understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I just always go back to Matthew about just as simple as it is. Mm -hmm. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. The reality is I love myself. Yeah. You know, I really do. I mean, it's it's not, I'm not saying that in like some weird conceited way. I'm saying that I feed myself every morning. I shower most days, not every day. Yeah. Um, I try to shower every day. (laughs) You know, I, I do try to like take care of my, my personal needs. And so he's asking us to do the same thing for Mm -hmm. other people. And whether they look like us, whether they believe what we believe, Uh um, whether they have the same preferences we have, whether we go to the same church or not, whether, you know, we look alike, he's asking that same thing from us. I just think that love does. I mean, that's Bob Goff, right? And so. Mine too. Mm-hmm. I pulled out that love is a choice carried out by prayer over and mm. over again. So it, it, Jesus modeled this choice to love others, even when the loved party was not deserving. And I yeah. think that's a, a big message for what it looks like to follow Jesus. Like uh, we can all have opinions on what's in the news headlines right now and how deserving those people are to be loved if they have criminal backgrounds or they've done something, but. At the end of the day, when you look at the life of Jesus, he loved the most undeserving. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't spend all of his time with the church officials and the rulers. No. His time Pharisees. was spent with prostitutes and, and Pharisees and tax collectors and people who, who needed his love. And as the hands and feet of Jesus, I think that's what, you know, Lisa's kind of tying part of what she's pointing to here in the book. I agree. Yeah. You know, she hits on, on so many things in this chapter. And I really just do believe that it is like the crux of our Christian walk. And mm-hmm. people are going to know us by how we love. Yeah. 
and they're going to know if we truly follow Jesus by how we love other people. A lot of times it's going to require something of us. Mm -hmm. It's going to require a sacrifice on some level. Maybe it's your reputation or maybe it's, you know, you're going to come against people who disagree with you Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to deal with that or a physical sacrifice of some putting resources into Mm -hmm. something that you normally wouldn't because you love people um, in a new way. And so, but I I think that that love scares us because as C.S. Lewis talks about, she quotes him, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And vulnerability is something that really scares us. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I mean, I I would like to say that I like to feel things, but sometimes it's painful to feel. Seeing what's going on in our world, it's painful. Mm -hmm. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts to see really for the first time in my life. I mean, I've known that that racism was alive mm-hmm. in our country. I knew that. Yeah. I didn't know how to to stand against it or to, mm-hmm. to speak out about it. But for the first time, maybe it, it clicked for me mm-hmm. that for 400 years, mm-hmm. you know, there has been this group of people unloved. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, if we just want to boil the whole thing yeah. down to that as, as the church and as mm-hmm. believers, our one job, we could screw the whole yeah. thing up. You know, it doesn't matter about a church building or programs Mm -hmm. or, you know, how great our worship sounds or, you know, do we have like nice bathrooms? (laughs) When I was a kid, that was a thing for me in churches. Is their bathroom nice? Um, Well, now you Yelp review church bathrooms. Like if you go on Yelp and there's churches, there's comments about this. (laughs) Heavens. Oh my gosh. Well, now it's like. Our one job is to love, Mm -hmm. to love people because that's what Jesus did. And if we miss that, we've missed the whole thing. Yeah. It's a fundamentally basic principle. Right. You don't need a theology degree to just love other people. No, Mm -hmm. no. And sometimes that means like actively loving. Mm -hmm. That means standing in the gap for people who can't stand in the gap for themselves, Mm -hmm. um, for speaking against Mm -hmm. injustice, because that's what Jesus would do. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. For for being, you know, the good Samaritan in the story Mm -hmm. and not the priest who walked by. Yeah. If you've ever asked yourself, you know, what to do in this situation, it's what you would do, Mm -hmm. you know, 50 years ago in this situation. And so I did. I had to say, like, God, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And it was about the same time I was reading this chapter, and I, we talked about in the, the first first episode about kind of standing in front of Jesus one day. And I know I've I've done a lot of like crappy things in my life. <laughs> it's just the reality of it. I'm human, mm-hmm. but um, what I don't want to have to miss and stand in front of Him for is to say that I didn't love people the way that You asked me to yeah. love them, mm-hmm. and I don't. I don't get it right. I'm not going to yeah. always say the right things, but I want to love people. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and I think if you're listening and you're wondering, like, or thinking, well, I love people. I love people already. I got this. Check the box. I want to challenge you a little bit because that was me. I'm already serving the that group or this group or whatever. But I think what God revealed to me is there is there is a group that I'm uncomfortable with. And it's in the group that you're uncomfortable that might be the very place that God's pressing on your heart. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's homelessness in my community. That's somebody on the corner begging mm-hmm. for food or holding a sign. And in my very logical reasoning mindset, my mind says, go get a job. Recently, God's been pressing on me. That's not what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this one particular day where I think God spoke the most, I look over 
and I go to, sh to lock my doors like I would normally do because they're standing right there, and I notice I have hot leftovers on my seat. So what does it inconvenience me to roll down my window and pass the leftovers through the window? Absolutely nothing. So as I did that and he smiles back and says, God bless you with like maybe two teeth. I realize I'm uncomfortable with this, but it's this, it's this lack of comfort that God's calling me to lean into. Right. And you have to be safe. I mean, I can't walk around the streets at night by myself passing out things to, you know, every person on the street. But there is a way that in your in your lack of comfort that you can, A, like, educate on the issue mm -hmm. and then find safe ways that are practical that you can pour into that, right. you know, that you can do that. Just try to lean into that. Where am I uncomfortable? Right. Where do I get aggravated? Yeah. You know, mm, that's what bothers mm -hmm. me about certain groups of people or people in general or even could be the person who lives right next door to you. It doesn't have to be a group of people. It could be one person. <laughs> But it's that discomfort that I think can kind of be an indicator for you if you're if you're wrestling this with this like God, don't I love people? Well, all you got to do is ask, and He's going to show you somebody that you're not. Yeah, I think that um, it's uncomfortable, and in Christianity, I mean, I would love for anyone to please show me where it ever says that it was supposed to be comfortable. Yeah. Following Jesus was never meant to be comfortable. I think that just kind of the American church in general, we have done a, a poor job in a lot of ways of making it based on comfort. Mm -hmm. That, you know, everything's always going to be bubblegum and roses yeah. and, yep. and really pretty all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be aesthetically pleasing, nice you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the stage is going to look really pretty and the yeah. bathroom's going to be nice, yeah. you know. It's, it's, not, um, it's not like that. Yeah. You can see that all throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, but... I have found that where I'm, like you said, you know, where God spoke to you the most, when you step out into the unknown a bit, mm -hmm. that, that place of discomfort, I so believe that that's where Jesus is because yeah. that's where he's calling you to mm -hmm. and he's just waiting for you. Yeah. And he's patient enough to wait as long as you need, mm -hmm. you know, but that's where I, I find him the most outside of that comfort yeah. zone. I guess we can just, we can leave it with this a bit, but love is the gift that frees us from the death of never truly living. Mm -hmm. And then she says, judgment is a soul cancer. It attacks us from the inside and eats away our ability to live strong lives. Mm -hmm. And love is the antidote for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't agree more. I couldn't either. Well, and I think as we kind of wrap up, I think it's important that we, we end going back to the beginning. So in the beginning, Katie and I talked about in episode one, we talked about in our own lives, following Jesus looks like, doesn't look like anything. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have a look. It's your own thing. But I think if, you know, if you're new to this or you're inquiring or you're questioning or you're wanting to truly learn and grow from this, I think there's some clarifications Lisa makes in the book that are just from the Bible. And she quotes 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. It says, for God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Mm. And we kind of joked about in the first episode, you know, I talked about cussing and we talked about other things and striving for holiness. And I think in a relationship following Jesus, we have to be willing to relinquish some of that. Like mm -hmm. We have so much freedom, but freedom shouldn't be an excuse for not striving for holiness or That's for right. making light of things and putting things in a position they don't belong. And in the book, Lisa used a quote that she saw on a T-shirt. I don't remember if she was wearing the shirt or someone else saw her, but um, it said running on coffee and Jesus. And 
most people would think that shirt is cute. I thought it was cute, and I had to reread the section twice because I was, like, kind of irked that she didn't think it was cute. <laughs> but I get it. She said, you know, we cannot relegate Jesus to a place of coffee. Right. Like, if we need those two things, like, it should be Jesus over coffee. Absolutely. You know, and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we can't buy those shirts um, or wear those <laughs> That's shirts. not what we're saying, okay? It's what's in your heart. <laughs> right. You know, and what, what comes first? As a person who loves coffee, I need it to start my day, and... But that's just so funny, you know, like, mm-hmm. I need that to start my day, and I am intentional about that, and I don't miss a morning, except for today, where I'm trying to silly, <laughs> like, fasting thing, <laughs> but we're so quick to do that. So I think there was three questions that I just kind of want to leave open-ended for the listener. So what freedom are you enjoying more than the Word of God? Mm. What's What's the thing in the morning that you're... Or the afternoon or the evening. What freedom? And you do have the freedom to do it, you know, so we're not we're not condemning that. What's distracting you from living all in with Jesus? And what are you resisting letting go of by way of justification that God might be calling you to? And we have those things. So we're not coming to you from a position of <laughs> we got it all figured out. Those are things we no. have to think about too. But if you really want to take the step of putting faith in action and and looking at what you want your own own life and your own walk to look like, sometimes that starts with some hard questions. Every single day, if we can ask ourselves, you know, what am I relying on more? What am I trusting more? What do I think about more mm-hmm. than I think about Jesus? Then mm-hmm. that'll help us to see exactly what we're putting over him. Mm-hmm. And it is, you're right, it's just asking the hard questions. And being, mm-hmm. I think being willing and open to whatever the answers are mm-hmm. and, and kind of maybe not asking the question already knowing the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's helpful, I guess, yeah. you know, but really honestly coming to God and saying, I really need you to search my heart. Mm-hmm. I need you, anything that is offensive to you, God, I need yeah. you to bring it into the light. Mm-hmm. And that's a good place to start. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so we're going to end with our last question. Katie B., who did you talk to on the phone last? Let's see. The last person I talked to was Mel, who's one of my best friends from Plant City. I've known her as long as I've known Daniel. I met her the year that I met Daniel, <laughs> so over 12 years now. But, yeah, she was the last person I talked to, and we were talking about COVID and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy things that are happening in this world and uh yeah, it was, awesome. it was good. It was very good. Awesome. What about you? Who did you talk to last? Um, well, it was my friend Christine's voicemail because we were playing <laughs> phone tag about scheduling a beach day. Um, as we're breaking free from house arrest, basically, <laughs> we figured the beach would be a safe place. So, Christine, if you're, look, you're listening, we will eventually get to the beach. Um, and that's it. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining in today to hear a little bit from Katie Alexander and Katie Budson about what it looks like to follow Jesus in their own lives. We hope that you are encouraged and uplifted from our conversation and that there was something that you can take back to your own circle and keep talking with your real life friends. If you want more from the Katie's, you can follow us on Instagram at keep talking with the Katie's or visit our website at www.kt2keeptalking.com where we put up show notes, some photos, and an opportunity to purchase our t-shirt of the month, which helps start the conversation in your own circles. July's t-shirt is, I am talking about Jesus. Thank you for joining our conversation today, and we hope you keep talking.